everyone. Welcome back to the Reclamation Podcast, where our goal is to help you reclaim good practices for faith and life. I'm Tony, and I want to welcome you to episode 74 of the podcast, where I get to sit down with Ronnie Rock. Ronnie has written a brand new book called One Woman Can Change the World. And in her book, she talks about how women specifically, but really all of us, have been handcrafted by God for a life that is rich, vibrant, and filled with stories. She shares her journey from corporate to nonprofit, how she yielded to the Lord, and her walk in faith, and how many other people intersected with that. You're going to love her. She is a fireball of energy, and she has so much to share. Um, I think this is such a fruitful conversation that if you're struggling with your call or trying to figure out what's next, you're definitely going to want to listen to it. Also, uh, could you do me a favor? We're trying to get to 100 reviews on iTunes. iTunes is really where 90-some-odd percent of people listen to their podcasts. And when you leave a review, what happens is is people can find us uh, more easily. And it gets the word out about what God is doing through the podcast. So it would be a great help if you could leave a rating or review. Um, Any of those comments just go a long way to help people find the podcast. Also, if you're ready to... uh, Come be a part of the Reclamation community. I want to invite you to text the word RECLAIM to 66866. Sign up for helpful tips, blogs on how to reclaim good practices for faith and life. Those usually go out Saturday morning, whenever I remember. Sometimes I don't. I'm sorry. But uh, I'm excited. I'm excited about what God's doing. we got some great conversations coming up, and you're going to love this conversation with Ronnie. So without any further ado, here's Ronnie Rock. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited today to have author, speaker, and uh, really world changer, Ronnie Rock with me today. Ronnie, how are you? I am good. I'm hiding in a closet in Texas. Well, actually, it's the only way that technology is going to work for me today. So, hey, (laughs) it works. (laughs) Um, You know, I feel like there are so many parents that in this season of Um, life that we're in with coronavirus and just uh, all the people that are around all the time that can resonate deeply with hiding in a closet. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me ask you this. How how has releasing a book in the midst of a global pandemic um, given you some perspective? Oh, wow. You know, we always, we love to talk big talk of, right? Lord, it's in your hands and we <laughs> everything is all flowery and poetic and I release it, Lord. And this is literally released into his hands because all of the things that normally a book launch would let you do, like I'm going to go sign books, I'm going to go hang out with humans and all of those things, all of that was stripped away. Hmm. Um, and then just, you know, our the climate of our culture right now. It is, it's prickly, it's thorny. And, um, and so the idea of sending a book into the world that says, Hey, you know what? I actually have some encouragement to offer you. I have, I, I want to remind you of not how strong you are or not how smart you have to be or anything. I'm just going to remind you of how our Heavenly Father has actually designed you to influence and impact the world. That right now, for some folks, is like it is like a cool drink of water, and for others, they're like, "What? What do you mean? I don't know. Can I?" And so, but it's a weird time. It's vulnerable, but um, but I'm having to trust. 
right? All these big things that you say about what faith really is in this long road journey. I'm, I'm walking that road right now. I'm actually living out my book, which <laughs> on some days is great. And other days you're like, oh, shut up, Ronnie. Why do you have yeah. to say that? So, um, but it's the, you know, the Lord in the midst of it, he's kind and he is reminding us that he is, he's here. He's ever present. He is the same God that wanted to walk in the cool of the afternoon at the very beginning and just have a really great conversation. He right now is having that great conversation with us or wanting to have it. He's having it with me. Yeah. Whether I'm hiding in a closet or I'm sitting in front of a computer or crying at the end of the day, just because it's a, there are days right, right right now in our lives that you're like, man, I don't have any words. To, I just need to cry. And he's like, I've got you. And I can tell you every one of those. I'm catching those tears, sweetie. I'm catching them right now. And those tears are going to water beautiful, beautiful futures for you. I promise you. So I love that. I love that. And, and one of the questions I always love to ask people is about their rhythms. So I am curious as you talk about the emotional ups and downs of your current life and all of us have ups and downs and what does, um, your communion with God look like in this season, practically speaking? Practically speaking, it is a, gosh, it's a rhythm that I have had for a number of years now Mm. that honestly for me is truly, I say that Jesus is life in my veins and I'm not, it's not a beautiful platitude. It's for real. And I do talk about it in the book, in the section about reclaiming your worth. I talk about my own, um, my own awkward friendship with anxiety mm. that I used to think of as the, he, that anxiety was this enemy instead of realizing that anxiety is just, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's a part of my, my beautiful broken flesh. And so um, how to actually walk that out. But I share that for me, it starts with Jesus and coffee in the morning. And Jesus does not mind that he shares space with a cup. He does not mind. He's a, <laughs> he is okay with a coffee cup. But it is it is that time with, um, I read some scripture, I journal, I write out my prayers I have found that for me, using a form of Lectio Divina, right, or the divine word, to sit with a little bit of scripture and then to say, hey, you know, Lord, will you help me see how this scripture, will you let it take root right now? And and how is it going to live out in my life? And what is something about that scripture that I haven't noticed before that um, can be meaningful to me today? And can help the way I see others, the way I help I see the way I see you. Um, will you help bring that to life? And so that's what I've found to work. I know that some folks have, love devotionals and all kinds of things. I'm a journaler, and um, I just I like to write. I love the fact that the Lord does not care if my words are perfect. Yeah, and He does not care. Um, he does not care about the mood that I happen to be in at the time. He is, a, <laughs> he is a listener and yeah. there is, I can come just kind of just grouchy and sure all kinds of stuff and just lay it bare. And he's like, it's cool. 
it is cool. Just you see that the Lord, he, he talks to me in somewhere between like a Southern grandma and I don't know, a person from the seventies, maybe whatever. But he's like, it's cool. It's fine. Talk to me, be honest with me. I'm here and I'm not walking out. I am not walking out on you. I've got you firmly placed in the palm of my mm. hand. You are engraved like a tattoo on my palm and we're in this together. And so don't be afraid to be honest with me. And yeah, um, the, the word, the word that keeps coming to mind as I hear you describe this is marinate. I feel like mm-hmm. when you, when you sit with God in the morning, you marinate, but I, I suspect we were talking a little bit before we started recording um, is you kind of had this drive to have it all together. And now you've gone from that to marinate. Mm-hmm. How does one get from a type A marketing personality? Because I can already tell you're a, a fireball, right? When, <laughs> there's no doubt on my mind that when you're on fire for something, uh, Jesus or other, like it's you're coming in hot, mm-hmm. right? Um, how do you go from that? And, and I'm asking solely for my own because I'm the same way. Uh, how do you go from on fire to marinating with Jesus in the mess of it? Oh. Oh gosh. I wish that there was like a, wouldn't it be great if there was a three-step solution to that? <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. We would make so much money. How so much, much money. How many that, books have been read, have been right. written with right. here three steps or five easy to right. but it's a relationship. I don't know if somebody is going to buy my book and, um, because my book, the title of it, one woman can change the world sounds kind of bold and you know, go for it, get get it girl. But the book, it, the actual content of the book is how to lay down those things that say, Oh gosh, I've got to do in order to be loved by God, or I've got to do more in order to understand who I am in him. And it's like, no, I've got to let go of those things. And that's scary for a type A person. That is scary for a person, I will say, in the in our country, in the U.S., where we are very performance-based. We are time-based and all of that. So I will say that for me, it's a daily, it is daily opening my hands and saying, okay, Lord, here are my hands as Velcro as my palms may be. I am giving my life to you today. I am asking you to calm me down and get me out of the way of myself and then give me boldness when I'm supposed to have boldness. And and then, man, clap my mouth when I need to calm down. But um, And he's faithful in that. He really is. He is not. I write about this in the book that somehow we've got this idea that first of all, God's will for our lives and his purpose for our lives is like a tiny dot, right, on a bullseye. And if we don't hit it with laser accuracy, we're forever going to be in his permissive will and not his perfect will, which I can't find that anywhere in scripture. Okay. Now, I think that uh, you're on to something I really want to dive into. Okay. Explain the difference between permissive will and perfect will. Oh, you know, I'm going to do my very best. That's all. I, listen, that's all we're here for. Uh, so, and, and in your voice is important. Uh, so from what I understand, God's perfect will is that your days are aligning exactly with what he wants you to do. 
Yeah. And so you're going to be blessed and everything's just going to go swimmingly. But if you're in his permissive will, which means he still likes you, he's just moderately annoyed with you because you're not hitting it on all cylinders. Like there might be the perfect job, but you may not have it yet. So you're in his permissive will, but not in his perfect will. Um, or you're still nervous about taking a step. You're still testing the waters on a step, not being as permissive will, but not as perfect will. And I, when I fell in love with Jesus, I was taught those things that, okay, you want to be in his perfect will. I'm like, okay. But when I look at scripture, it says that his perfect will is to love him and to love others. That is his will. His perfect will for my life is that I just live my life fully for him, that I actually trust him with my life. And that he understands fully that there, there are things that I trust him with. And then there are things that I think I trust him with until the ground gets a little squishy. And then I realize that I'm still a toddler learning to walk. And he's okay with that. He is not holding a carrot in one hand and a baseball bat in the other. He is not like, come on, come on. Oh, you stupid person. I cannot believe that you failed again. And so, but I... um For the longest time, I still had that mindset that somehow I was just slightly on the margins of what he really wanted in my life or that, you know, well, maybe I just came to it too late because I didn't come, I didn't fall in love with Jesus until I was in my 20s. So if I had fallen in love with him when I was a kid, Hmm. then I would have been better. And you know what? I, um, I was in a very thorny relationship in my 20s. And so then I, I was a single parent for a season. Well, you know, hmm, I guess had I just, had I just, right. then I would. And But we can beat ourselves up all the time with all of these. Well, if circumstances were different, if I was older, younger, smarter, lived in a different area, if the shade of my skin was different, we have all of these things that we place up as grievances against his actual design in our lives. Instead of saying, oh, wait a second, I was born in this season, in this time. And if I really trust, if I just trust him, and that sounds too simple, Lord, if yeah. I just trust you and I just walk this long road with you, and I actually believe that you do. Um, that you actually do have my best interest at heart and that you really are the author and the finisher of my faith and that you really will finish what you started in me. We're like, oh, I don't know. It just seems like I should be doing more. I should just <laughs> do more. Right. Right. And so um, I don't know if that even begins to answer the question. Yeah, well, I mean, w- what I really hear you saying is that um, – that 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 this belief structure that there's one finite point for us to live in God's perfect will is not something that you could see supported in scripture. It's not something that I see supported in scripture either. And one of the things that I have heard you say and see on all of your stuff is that um, is this belief that God's purpose is you and it is always it has always been you. Mm-hmm. And so what was the catalyst in your life that took you from 
per- permissive and, and perfect will theology to a more um, relationship centric theology that that says God's coming after you with a vengeance and all he wants is for you to come after him with the same intensity. Mm. For me, it really uh, was born out of moving from, I've, I've been in marketing for forever and I moved from the corporate side into the nonprofit side. And in doing that, had an opportunity to be, to meet women who mm. were, who were living, first of all, in societies that were far more oppressive than mine, in societies where women did not even have a voice and where women should not, if you were look at it logically, should not have an opportunity to lead. But they were. And these were and they were never women like what I was taught in my culture of like get a plan, build a platform, make your voice big, make your voice heard, get a five-year plan. <laughs> all of these things, these women were just, here is a need, here is a gap, I'm available, my heart is being pulled, I'm just going to take a step. In fact, one of the women in the book, her name is Ina, she's in Honduras, and her whole philosophy is like, you just dip a toe in the water, Just you just dip a toe in the water, and you see if God starts to part the water Mm. and then you just dip another toe. And so in spending time with these women, it caused me to ask myself why, when I see them, I'm seeing a faith that I don't think I have or that has not been nurtured. I'm seeing this resolve in them that I long to have. I see that they are not compelled by making something big or quickly replicating if something worked one place. Well, let's figure out how we can replicate it and use it in 10 more places because we're just going to make the most of this situation. They were like, they were okay with staying small Hmm. and just, and just filling the space that had been given them by the Lord and not in any way like relegating themselves as less than or anything. It's like, this is the space that God has given me. This is where my heart is. And so I'm going to take a step. And in watching them, I realized that there was, first of all, I realized that I had not really loved myself very much. And nor did I have, I didn't have a real high view of women. I didn't I had, in my own mind, had kind of made us to be, we were an afterthought that quickly screwed up and kind of made everything go to hell in a handbasket for everybody. And our, um, and coupled that attitude about women coupled with my idea that everything, I had to have a solution for everything and it had to be fast because you didn't want pain, right? We didn't want to have to walk a long road. I realized that I had to do some repenting in my own life and lay some things down that were pretty, they felt kind of secure to me because that's the way I'd always thought. Sure. But in laying those things down and in walking the road, as in what Ina says, dipping a toe in the water, 
right? Realizing as Miss Mary, who's also in the book, she's in Jamaica and she's a feisty one. Oh my goodness. <laughs> a feisty one who will just, you know, she'll call heaven down. But she says, God does not need you to be big for him. Mm. He just wants you to, he just wants you to, to, to trust him. And then he's going to build a stage. He'll give you the people. It's okay. He doesn't need you to be big. He just wants you to trust him. So thank goodness I was surrounded by a lot of women because I'm pretty hard headed. So I needed to be surrounded by a whole lot of people that reminded me that I didn't have to have a life for the Lord that was performance based. And that even faith without works, it is those those works are born out of God changing your lens, right? And allowing yeah. you to see something and then growing a passion in your heart and letting you take a step. It's not about a bullet journal of cool things that you're going to do at the end of the day or um, about a calendar that's completely filled full of good works that you think are great. But maybe in the long run, what somebody really needed was not your cool works and not your three-step plan. They just needed your presence in their life. And and I'm still learning. There are times that I still get caught up. Right now, in the days of corona, it's very easy to think <laughs> that we are not. I have to remind myself that it's not about, am I doing enough? It is simply about, am I trusting God? With this day to actually believe that when he said in Genesis 1, he created humanity, man and woman, he looked at us, said that we were good, and then said, okay, here's the earth, and um, you know what? We're just going to walk together, and I'm going to show you how I want you to lead out. Just trust me that he actually still has that plan today, that he doesn't now look at us and go, ah, you guys are so disappointing. Okay. Um, but it's just, it's about walking it day by day. And again, wouldn't it be so cool if, because I have, man, I got tons of books sure. in my library that can show you that, you know, I've got my four hour work week. I had 10 steps to receiving the Holy Spirit. I've got mm. all of the steps and tricks and tips books. And some of them are great, but most of them, you end up feeling really stinky at the end of the day because you realize that maybe all of those steps don't exactly work for you. Or if you miss one, then once again, you're filled with shame. You're filled like, well, great. I can't even do that. I can't even love the Lord right. Well, so let me ask you this, because one of the things that I wrestle with a lot is timing, right? And my timing versus God's timing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and one of the things about step books and, and I, Oh, listen, I'm here for the self-help books. I do love them. I, mm-hmm. I will admit, I'll put my hand up and just say, I've, you know, I'm reading them, right? Um, one of the things that I've noticed, though, is that they don't always often or sometimes ever say how long we're supposed to be on each step. Mm-hmm. So you, you talked about repentance and then kind of rewriting some of the tapes from your childhood how long was that process for you? What did that what did that like look like? Because it doesn't feel like that's like a, hey, it's Monday by Friday, I'm gonna have this whole repentance and rewritten tapes walked up. And you, you even talk about different women. And so it's that feels like it could have been a, a really long time. Mm-hmm. Well, let's see. 
it's I'm still here and still breathing, right? Praise God. <laughs> okay, that's good, right? You do like thank God for giving me breath to live another day, and uh, so I'm not done yet. Yeah, <laughs> and the process isn't done yet. What year did you start? I well, in meeting the women that you'll meet in the book, um, two thousand. When was the first one? Two thousand nine, I think. Wow. Lourdes and Teresa are um, in the book, in the introduction. They are the ones that have the children's home in Guatemala, and that's 2009. Um, so, and I didn't, honestly, in 2009, I couldn't have told you that that I was on any kind of a road. I didn't even realize that I had met a lot of women who were teaching me a lot of things until like 2014, 2015. Was there an event that happened that kind of opened your eyes? Uh, I came back from a month of mission trips because one of the things that I do in working for a nonprofit is I do take teams with me to different countries to sure. teach them how to truly walk alongside uh, ministry, how to not get in the way, um, and things that I've learned. And so I had been traveling for a month. I had been in Guatemala, I'd been in Kenya, and I'd been in Jamaica. And I really thought that for whatever reason, because it was I was going to be gone for so long, that I was just going to come back with some, I don't know, like clouds part. Yeah, beautiful. profound revelation sort yes. of idea. Yeah, yeah, that God was just going to speak to me and it was going to change me. And I came back just tired. <laughs> and and it was, Amen. but it was on that. Tr- it was in that series of three trips. That Miss Mary, the feisty one in Jamaica, she's, um, I'm, I'm with a group of women. We are building a building with cinder block, making our own concrete. We're like Come tough, tough yeah. women. And so I'm, I take a break just for a minute. I'm sitting over on this little stoop of this dining hall at the school for the deaf. And all of a sudden I hear the screen door open and this little tap on my shoulder. And I look up, it's Miss Mary. And she goes, so where's your book? I go, what? She goes, where's your book? I go, oh, Miss Mary, did I tell you I was going to write a book? Did I, t- did I tell you? Because I've known her for three years. I go, what? Oh, what did I say to her? I'm like going, what? <laughs> and she goes, well, where's your book? I go, oh, Miss Mary, I don't, have, I don't have a book's worth of anything in me. I don't. I said, hell will freeze over before oh, I write a book. Yeah, no, I love that. And she goes, well, what are you, what are you waiting for? Love, what are you waiting for? The world needs to hear our story. And I go, whose story, Miss Mary? I don't even know what you're talking about. And she goes, what are you waiting on? And I, and the thing is, hearing that, what are you waiting on? Uh, After the a month of doing good things and, and, and honorable things, I came back just broken. I'm like, what am I waiting on? I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing mm. to know what I'm waiting on. And, and in that was, and it was a period of brokenness. I came back depressed, honestly, and sat, and cried and, and all that. But in that started realizing, wait, you know, Miss Mary said that thing to me. Oh, you know, and I know I'm going to, gosh, I think about what Irene told me once. And I think, and I realized that, a lot of um, beautiful wisdom that I had gotten to remind me that I just needed simply to trust the Lord. 
even with what Miss Mary had said, what are you waiting on? Like, what am I waiting on? I'm, I have met all these incredible women. They have taught me a lot. So my first thought I was going to do was I was just going to write a book that had stories of women in it. And I was going to raise money for Miss Mary because she was real cool. <laughs> so again, because I was thinking, oh, I have to do something. Sure. Um, but that's where it started. It really did. It didn't start with, again, it wasn't that divine revelation that I was really expecting. Mm. It came in a moment of brokenness, feeling like I had really let the Lord down because I had not, I had not come off some sort of mission trip mountain with incredible wisdom. And, but then realizing that there was so much wisdom that he had shared with me just in the lives of other, of other women. And, um, and so that started it. That journey took a f- that journey took a few years, and it's still taken a few years. So, and it'll probably take until I breathe my last yeah. on this earth. I'll still be learning. Well, let me ask you this: um, I, one of the things I appreciate about your platform and just the voice that you're using is that you're being very intentional about using that voice um, to lift up other women. Um, what? As, as a as a Christian male leader, which who happens to be white, there's so many of us, right? Like, I, I mean, it's just a part of my story. How, how do I do that as well? Like, what, what does it look like to support women's voices in the church and the world? Mm-hmm. Like, te- teach me how to, how to be a better advocate for women's voices. I... Th- I think just it starts with affirming. It starts with acknowledging, Mm -hmm. right? It does start with acknowledging that this is, it's not a competitive game. This is not some race to see who gets in first. Um, I've had folks go, are you egalitarian or complementarian? And I didn't even know what those words were because I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Yes, we're we're equal and we complement each other. Is that okay? And they're like, no, that's not it. I like, oh my gosh, now I'm just freaked out. But um, it is realizing that we, man and woman, we were made by a God who saw us, created us mm. in His image and His likeness, designed us to where truly we do complement each other. If we don't turn it into a competitive play. If we don't, um, if we don't try to see that this is some sort of a race to see who gets in first, if we see that the way we are designed physically, emotionally, spiritually, our personalities, they, 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 we work in harmony. If we give ourselves a fair shot Hmm. and if we stop holding on to um, anger if we if we look at each other truly like when I look at you do I see you and say oh my gosh you're created in the image and likeness of God and you because you're created in the image of likeness of God he counts you as worthy of every good gift he counts you as worthy of the kingdom and I am made in the image and likeness of God and therefore, I am worthy. He counts me as worthy of the kingdom. 
And if we work together and we lift each other up and it's both of us, right? It's me saying, oh my gosh, I love what you're doing in the name of Christ. Thank you for affirming. Thank you. Hey, it is us pointing not at ourselves, but at others. And so um, I think that men in leadership in the church, the coolest thing that they could do for their sisters in Christ is to shout out to the heavens how glorious it is that we are sisters and brothers in Christ and that women are doing phenomenal things and not be afraid. And in the same way of women, if a guy does a great thing, we can't, we, we need to let go and say, ah, we can't, this is not about crushing patriarchy or anything like that. This is us actually believing, actually believing that we are a family and treating each other the way a family should treat each other instead of backbiting, of shaming, um, I think a lot of us, we just need to maybe dig back down into scripture again. Oh, come on. That'll preach every day of the week. Right? And and go back to the beginning and say, what did he say? And then let's talk about what really happened in Eden, that it was not one person, mm. one person's downfall. It was two people being tempted to think that maybe something was better on the other side of God. And that their identities were somehow incomplete within him. And they needed to find something else to complete their identity, which is what we continue to fight to this day. And that's where the comparison comes. And that's where the fighting comes. If you, how I think about what's happening in our culture right now. And it's all about that, right? It's all about this idea that somebody is just a little bit better and a little higher up and or deserves. And so much of it is rooted in fear, like deep down fear and pride, which are real terrible twins, just really unattractive. But we it's because deep down inside, we actually think that we don't count for much at all. And so we try so hard to prove that we're worth something when the whole time, all we have to be reminded of is that, Oh my gosh, the creator of the universe thought enough. He spoke stars, spoke them and then hand crafted us. And we are the only things that he called very good. Yeah. And he said, my image and likeness right here. And so if we would just, I think that if we would truly just get a glimpse, a glimpse of that and actually believe it to be true. And, and I'm not trying to, gosh, we asking for forgiveness, letting go of the things that hinder us, realizing that we can be pretty self-centered, selfish turds every day, every day. Every day. Usually Um, multiple times. (laughs) And so it's not about saying, oh, we're not, we don't need to deal with sin. We do because it traps us up. It causes us to compare ourselves with others. It tells everybody that we're not Mm -hmm. good or that we're better than, and we're trying to always prove um, that what we know is smarter than anybody else or that we're enlightened and nobody else is enlightened or all of those things. But if we just actually saw each other 
Yeah. One of the things, one of the things that I've seen in your writing is the term chaos of comparison. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that's kind of what this is, like kind of what you're talking about here. Why use the word chaos in front of comparison? What what specifically makes you think chaos and comparison go together at, when you look at um, what, what throws us into chaos when we compare ourselves? Well, what we when we are comparing ourselves to others, we are we are immediately um, it's like we are creating our own storm inside, mm. right? Because what we are first of all saying is that what scripture tells us about how we're designed, uniquely designed, is false. So if I have in in I so there's no order. Right? If I'm saying right. if I'm saying, oh, gosh, Tony, if I just had a podcast, then I could really change the world. Right. Or right. I mean, it's just, we look at each other and we're like, well, if I was cool like you, if I was younger like you, if I was this, I'd have started earlier, if I would have, then what we are saying is that our lives, we are just, just plummeting our lives, dumping them in a trash can, saying that there is no purpose and structure and worth in the life that we have been given and that it's not redemptive, that our story is not redemptive that God could do no good with us because we are not like somebody else. That is chaos. That is a lack of order. That yeah. is that is the worst storm that you're trapped in because there's no good way out of it because your only way you think to be out of it is to work your way out, right? Mm-hmm. I've got to, well, if what you're doing is cool and I don't feel good about myself, then I say, I'm going to mimic you because maybe I'll, if I just act like you, then I'll be good. Or um, they're so, I talk to women all the time. They're like, I just don't see like, where's God using me? Where's God using me? It's like, okay, what's your measure of success? Let's figure it out. And I can show you where God's using you because, and I can, it's easy sometimes for other folks. Sometimes we need just have somebody else remind us of what they see the Lord doing in our lives. Because we get myopic because we're so busy comparing ourselves to others or ruining the day because it's not a perfect day. Um, but the best thing that we could do for each other is to affirm. It's it's crazy. You'll find it in scripture. It says that we're supposed to affirm each other. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and and I think you're I think you're spot on. Um, and I think you you say it with such elegance. One one of the things that um, I've heard you say about the book is that it's the book is full of leaders, but it's it's not necessarily a leadership book. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm curious now that the book's um, you know it's it's done right. Even though you, it's a lifetime to live it out, how have the uh, women who you lifted up in the book? Um, how have they responded to it? Have they had the chance to read it? What's it? What's it been like uh, for Mary and and um, some of the other women in the book? Well, they've all gotten to read. Obviously, they all got to read their own stories, and they sure. got to read um, the text that was written around their stories. Because every one of their stories, it's not like it was written in isolation. Yeah, the stories are all focused on um, the subtitle of the book: "Reclaiming Your God-Designed Influence and Impact Right Where You Are." So. So Miss Mary is in a section about reclaiming your voice um, Mm. because she has taught me so much about 
the importance of us not trying to get people to understand us, but us stepping into the language of those who we are around and learning their language. And Jesus was, he was a master at that. He spoke fluent farmer. He spoke tax collector. He, he just, he didn't say, hi, these are my words. And if you don't get them too bad. He right. was so thank God. Right. He was so good. And then God was so incredible to get all of these different voices to write. He had different people, different personalities, different voices. We've got poetry, we've got things that are more prescriptive. Scripture is not one specific style of writing. Mm. And I love that because again, he I think that the Lord loves our voice and he loves it when we've raised it up in his glory. So, um, so Miss Mary has not gotten to get the book yet because she's in Jamaica. So she'll get the book in September if COVID is kind and I get to travel there. Um, From your lips to Jesus's ears. (laughs) Um, But um, the women have been, most of them have, they're very humbled. Yeah. And um and excited the fact that they are not in a book by themselves. The fact that oh. they are a part of this army, right? Of this community that are all getting to teach. So it's not it's and that's what I love too is that that's another thing. We are we are built and designed for community. We thrive in community and unfortunately in our culture which is a bootstrapping kind of fiercely independent culture, we forget the importance of community and how much we need each other to thrive. And so I love the fact that some of the women know each other. Some of the women in the book know each other, other women in the book. Some of them have never met, but there is this, there is this sense of sisterhood. Man, I would love to be there with all of them in the same room. That sounds like that would be amazing. I would, I would love that too. Oh my gosh. And you know what? One day we will. And you can come and sit at the uh, rejects and misfits table with me at the way at the yes. marriage. I keep saying <laughs> it's going to be all the ones that you're like, well, I had no idea that they'd make it in. And we're just going to be over there having a party and uh. dancing like crazy. But they are, they're honored and they are, they're actively praying. The women in the book are actively praying for those who read the book that their lives would just be pointed again to Christ. If anybody who buys the book and thinks that it's going to be like a quick three-step plan, they're going to be so disappointed. But if they read the book and realize that the book is going to remind, it's going to point their eyes back to um, a purposeful, intentional, loving father who thought enough in his design to, um, for a woman to make the way our eyes see things Mm. a little bit different when it says that a woman has eyes in the back of her head. Well, our peripheral vision is wider than a man's don't know why, except for the fact that it is. And that's cool. So that's why a woman can be looking, you know, in one direction, having a conversation, but can also see what's happening on the other side of the room or the way our ears catalog sound is different 
That's why mm-hmm. a woman can hear her own kid in the midst of a playground full of kids. It's because her ears just catalog things differently. And so my hope is that in this, that women will start to actually look at themselves and smile instead of, and, and realize that, oh, wow, wait, I'm, my goal is not to find the one job or to do the one thing. It is, mm. it is to walk this road with the Lord and he's going to, he's, he is this beautiful additive God. I talk about in the book, I have this passion with ampersands. He is an additive God. It's like, he is mm. like this part of your story. Here's an ampersand. And then here's another part of your story, an ampersand. He's just building these parts of our stories. Is it written for women? Yes. But I've actually had some guys read it and they're like, okay, so I learned some things too. And I also, um, I have, by reading it, I know how better to encourage and Mm. cheer for women around me. This is a book I want my daughter to read. This is a book I want, I can't wait for my wife to read so we can celebrate the things that she views as being inconsequential that are actually beautiful gifts and talents um, that need to be lauded. That's incredible. And and I'm so excited to celebrate all the things that God's going to do through this book and through this writing. And, and honestly, what I see is the community that you're building around it. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that will be um, – kind of a, a legacy, may, maybe intended on purpose, maybe unintended legacy, but a legacy nonetheless. Well, that's the, that is the plan I'm, I'm doing. I have a discussion guide. I have a devotional that I'm actually doing with some women right now mm. where we're looking at other women in scripture who are not in the book yeah. um, and just being reminded again of, of how we're designed and how we can, um, celebrate that design, how we can celebrate the gifts and the talents that we have, how we can celebrate each other. Um, my, I already have some women in mind of stories that I can't wait to share now in different oh, wow. ways, because this is, it's about us affirming and amplifying each other and being reminded of who we are. And I think far too often, again, in our culture, we think that the only way to amplify is to have a big platform, to have a big stage. But we are all, all have people around us, right? Yeah. And that that we can remind them it's like, oh, I wanna, I wanna tell, I wanna tell somebody about your story, Tony. I wanna tell these guys over here. And I may not have a big stage, but I've got friends that need to meet you and they need to be encouraged by what you're doing hmm. because it's gonna encourage them to take a risk to, um, to look at the Lord in a new way, to dive a little bit deeper into scripture, to know that this is a long road walk, whatever the case may be. So that's my hope. The proceeds, a portion of the proceeds from the book actually support a nonprofit called Orphan Outreach, which is a group that I've gotten an opportunity to meet. And that, that organization helped me meet a lot of these women and they support women in ministry. And I'm like, you know what? I would be remiss if I didn't continue to pour into the men, not just the ministry of, of, of women and amplifying the voices of women, but also pouring into their work to make sure that, that they've got, they've got money and they've got the resources they need to keep doing the good things that they're doing. 
I think that's beautiful. Um, I know that there are women listening right now who want to get connected to you. They're going to want to get connected to your community. They're looking for this. And I think, uh, I think the first step for them is to connect with you on online and on the webs. Uh, where is the best place for them to start uh, on this journey of, of marinating in their purpose as God has called them to in this, in this season? Um, in a, of course, I can buy the book. Sure. But, um, I will say that the place that I hang out the most is probably Instagram. You're so, a fun follow on Instagram. I've been following you for a while. <laughs> oh, you're so kind. Uh, yeah, it, it's I strongly recommend it. You look like you live a very fun life. I'll just tell you that. Well, you know, if we, I mean, you are podcasting in a closet, but <laughs> I am podcasting in a closet. I do. I am podcasting in a closet. I, but I, it's because I'm. I want my life. And is it easy? No, life no. is not easy. There are days that just downright suck, mm-hmm. but. Um, but yeah, if we're not celebrating the days that we have been given and, and seeing hope is this, that's the thing I'm addicted to hope. So if you don't, if if you don't like hope, then you probably don't want to follow me, but I'm addicted to it. I think that it's gritty. I think that it's like the water that comes out of a garden hose. Mm. It is not pristine. It is not all cute and in a crystal glass. It is the water that is going to refresh you when you are on your knees in the dirt. And it's going to be the water that you're going to get to see that brings life around you. And I am addicted to that hope. And God says that that hope does not disappoint. And I am holding to that. Come on. I am holding to that. And so that's the one thing. Follow me on Instagram. You can message me. I'm not one of those folks like, I don't talk to you in my DMs. I'm going to talk to you. Um, Right. Yeah. No. I love it. But We'll connect. And, and then I, you got a great website too. I've been on your website. Is that RonnieRock.com? RonnieRock.com. And if you misspell my name and add an I, it'll still get you there because <laughs> I understand. Uh, but yeah, and then I um, I do have the website, OneWomanCanChangeTheWorld.com. It has all the information about the book on it right now. Yes. But soon it'll start having some some new stories on it too. So that's incredible. Uh, okay. So Ronnie, last question. I always love to ask people. It's an advice question. Um, it, go back and give yourself one piece of advice. Don't use sour. Don't, don't believe in sourdough. No, I'm sorry. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I did an interview recently and he said, buy stock at Amazon. Um, <laughs> no kidding. Uh, but, but I want to take you back to when you left the, the, the corporate world into the nonprofit world and you're making that jump for the very first time. Yeah. If you could go back and talk to that younger version of yourself, what's the one piece of advice you would give? Oh, wow. I would, you know, and I would tell her, I would tell her, remember what Lisa told you, shut up. Just <laughs> shut up. I have a, I have a, a great friend who I used to work with and I'm, you know, Clearly, I'm an excitable person. I I, I have ideas. I think that in the body of Christ, I'm somewhere in the lungs because mm. I feel stuff and I just want to say it. Mm. Um, and so, but I used to sit in meetings and I couldn't wait to tell you my next idea. I'd be like, let me tell you how we're going to fix this. <laughs> let me tell you. And I remember one time sitting and we got done with the meeting. I was, uh, I was in a marketing executive. And she goes, you know what? You're, you're great. And you're so creative. I only have one suggestion for you. And I go, what? And she goes, shut up, Mm. just shut up and listen. 
and learn first and then, and, um, and I had learned how to do that in the corporate world and I forgot how to do that stepping into ministry. Mm. And I think because I was insecure and I really wanted to improve, I wanted to prove that, Hey, I, I'm here and I'm here to help. I'm here to fix things. Um, I forgot how to just shut up. And I think that that's an important thing for all of us to remember is that we, it's okay to not have to have all the words. It is, it's okay to shut up and listen and take stock. And God says that his voice is is it's a quiet voice so if we don't shut up he tells us over and over again even in psalm forty six ten, right he's like would you stop for a minute would you just i just hear him again like he's like would you just shut up would yeah. you just i know that it's chaos and that's if you read psalm 46 man it's like war and yeah. yeah, it's everything is going on anarchy and he's like would you just stop yeah. for just a minute? And I would give that advice to myself. I would go, honey, you know better. Shut up. Just shut well, up. And I, so, I think that's that's probably a really good word for all of us. <laughs> so look at yourself in the mirror and go, shut up. Sh- shut up, Tony. Shut up. I, I, unless you're a mom and you don't and you don't want your kids to learn that because I realize that some people think that that's a rude term. And then you can go, ah, be quiet. Shut up. Shut up works for me. <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. Yeah, and, don't, and don't think that you have failed if you can't make sourdough bread. That's my other advice. <laughs> that's a, uh, that, seemed, that seemed to be the number one experiment on Instagram over, uh, over COVID. And uh, luckily, I don't have any desire to bake and so therefore did not try. So... That'll, that'll, that'll bring you down. I'll bring you to your knees in a heartbeat. So (laughs) Ronnie, thank you so much for being so generous with your time today. Thank you for your voice and the way that you're lifting people up in the world. Um, it's, is beautiful. And and I really enjoyed, um, getting to spend some time with you today and and praying for what God is going to do through your writing. And, um, and so thank you. I'm glad that we're, we've just locked arms on a journey. Now we're friends. So we're, you're stuck with me now. I'm here for it forever. (laughs) I'm here for it. What a great conversation with Ronnie. I know uh, it was such a blessing to me. She's so full energy. Do me a favor. Go follow her on social. Let her know that you heard her on the podcast and how much you appreciated having her on. Also, don't forget, if you haven't done it yet, leave a review on iTunes. We're trying to get to 100 reviews by the end of the year. And, And can you believe it? Next week will be episode number 75. Man. What a crazy adventure this podcast has been. And it wouldn't be where it is today if it weren't for you. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for dealing with all the little nuances. And as we learn how to do this better and better every single week, uh, from the bottom of my heart, I just truly appreciate you. So have a great week. I'll do the same. And I look forward to seeing you guys real soon.